This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Dallas Morning News. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and this week we're talking about the foods we bring to friends and family when they're in need of a little help, be it when they're grieving, overcoming an illness, or just going through it. We'll also share stories of how others have helped us and what foods bring us comfort and lift our spirits. It all gets started right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make-every-recipe-in-the-cookbook foodie or a my-favorite-recipe-is-reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. Be sure to go to dallasnews.com slash food for information on our show and lots of food and drink stories. And you can always share your thoughts with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Also, a quick request for returning Eat Drink DFW listeners. If you keep coming back for new episodes and enjoy what you're hearing, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That helps our podcast get seen by more potential listeners. If you don't like what you're hearing, that's okay, too. Just tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Later on, we'll share some thoughts about how to feed friends during a crisis. But first, let's get the latest news from writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller. Reporter Amelda Garcia is off this week. So as we all know, this has been a pretty heavy time in the aftermath of the horrific shooting in Allen. It's one of those times of which there are way too many these days that it's difficult to do our jobs as usual. But Claire and Amelda stepped in and wrote stories about many of the victims. It probably seems pretty out of left field to have a food reporter do this kind of thing. But I come from a crime and breaking news background. So I stepped in to help our news desk last week and, and spent several days talking with friends and families of five of the eight victims of the mass shooting. Two of the victims were sisters, Daniela and Sofia Mendoza, 11 and 8 years old. They were there at the mall that day shopping with their mom, as they did often. Daniela loved swimming and math and making TikToks. She was excited about the star test uh, last week that she was about to take. There's probably not that many kids who get excited about a star test, but she was one of them. Her little sister, Sophia, unlike Daniela, was the opposite of reserved and quiet. She was loud and wanted to be an actress and a writer. She had plans to win an Oscar and a Pulitzer Prize, even though she didn't really know what that was. She uh, loved writing and um, the morning of the shooting had started her own um, little book called The Twins Who Didn't Think Like Twins. These girls were just living like normal little elementary school girls when their lives were tragically ended and their mother was injured in the shooting. She did survive and she is currently recovering and I think staring down a long road ahead of living without her two girls. 
the other family that I wrote about was the Cho family. It was a family of four, and, and three of them were killed in the shooting. Cindy Cho and Q Cho, both in their 30s. And they um, had two little boys, William Cho, who was six, and James Cho, who's three. The morning before the shooting, before they went to go to the mall to return a shirt together, they went to a diner in Plano that they would go to every weekend. They were regulars there and were familiar faces to all the staff there. This is Eddie's Diner in Plano. It's a family-owned and run diner. The staff there came to know the boys very well. And I talked with the owner of this diner, uh, Lydia, and she told me stories about seeing the parents sitting there coloring with their boys while they waited for a table and waited for their food. And the morning they were there, the staff celebrated William's birthday with the family. He just had turned six and they celebrated with a little cinnamon roll and a candle and sang him happy birthday. William survived the shooting. His mother um, and father and little brother did not. He was hospitalized for his injuries and sounds like he's making a good recovery and will be taken care of by family. But what really struck me in covering that family and their story was, you know, they were just living normal lives, right? I mean, they had this family routine that they did together every week, like so many of us do, of going to a breakfast spot every Saturday. And that place was really special to them. And, you know, I know that diner will forever have the Cho family as part of their story now. It's just it's just all very, very heartbreaking and, and sad. But it was, you know, that brought some a little bit of comfort to hear how this family spent their last day together, just loving their time together and, and having one last meal like that. Well, thank you, Claire, so much for writing those stories. I know it was difficult for you to talk to the families. It was difficult for people to read, but it's very important to realize that these are real people who lived lives just like us, and it's important to remember them. So thank you very much for that, Claire. Stick around. Up next, we'll talk about the best foods to take to friends in need of a little comfort. That's right after this. Central Market is really into food. Like, when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. As we know, food can bring comfort and feelings of love and support to people in need, whether they're grieving, recovering from an illness, or just going through a hard time like a lot of people are doing these days. I know we've talked before about how to feed friends during a crisis, but we have a few more ideas here today. And I, first of all, have to admit that I am not very good at this. It's like one of my biggest faults that I really am trying to get better at. What about you guys? What are some dishes or strategies that you guys go to when bringing friends a meal or just off? some support. I think a good first step is to be a friend who is a good listener. So if you are the giver, find not the sick person, but someone near the sick person who you can talk to about what they need. I think in terms of practical food and food that spoils people, and they're not the same thing. And, and somebody might want one or the other or both. So practical food, you know, a friend has had a baby. She's up in the middle of the night hungry while she's feeding a child and maybe her partner is sleeping because that person has to work the next day. I always think of those middle of the night meals. That's a practical thing. What's something you can eat with one hand, maybe not even have to warm it up and it's available to you in the middle of the night. So I've made or purchased breakfast tacos. I've made or purchased 
like little one-handed ham and cheese egg bites, stuff that a mom feels is sustenance. If you're going to spoil somebody, we're looking at something different. I just spent a little bit of time at Laduni last week, and Dunya Borga, one of the co-owners of that place, really loves to spoil people. And so she makes these beautiful cakes, and when she gives them, she knows that that is brightening somebody's day. I then bought a Quattro Leches cake for Mother's Day, and we all enjoyed it. And all the moms felt spoiled. So I think the first thing to do when you're giving is to think about what that person wants or needs, and then to not ask that person directly, but to ask someone who cares for them and can help you give a smart and useful gift. Because what we don't want to do is make a big plate of veggie lasagna and learn that they hate lasagna and they don't (laughs) eat carbs. You know, like it is thoughtful just to drop the thing on the porch, ring the doorbell and leave. But wouldn't it be terrible if we all realized that food wasn't eaten? Yeah. So I think just a little extra step could let you know that you're actually being helpful. Yeah. And I like that kind of division between food and help that is practical versus the spoiling or the treats because that's so true. I remember when I was on maternity leave, I had friends bring over big, freezable, healthy, nutritious foods like a black bean quinoa chili, you know, like lots of protein. I even had someone just send me a 12 pack of protein shakes. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize that I might need that. But it was like really thoughtful, like people who'd been through it before. Making food for people is one of my love languages, but... I'm at a point in my life right now where that is harder to do than it used to be. And so I have leaned heavily in recent years on markets around DFW to pick up food for friends in need. A go-to of mine for friends who like lasagna and, and eat carbs is Jimmy's lasagna because it usually can stretch into several meals. If they're not ready for it right away, you pop it in the freezer. So that's that's a go-to for me. I like doing things like Sarah's Market in Richardson. That type of place has meals that come like ready for one or two people and it's rice and roasted peppers and onions and skewered kebabs and things like that. I also like taking the approach of like a place like Eatsies or, or a market of that nature where you can go get containers of sides like a pasta salad and a protein and some dips and bread. They have pre-cut bags of bread, which are awesome if you just want to like swipe bread into a dip. I think a treat too that I, I like to share with people is a really good loaf of bread. You know, everyone like reaches for toast or a sandwich when you are in maybe a state of crisis or just looking for a quick meal. Might as well do that with really good bread. So dropping off the sourdough sandwich loaf from La Casita Bakery. It's like if you're going to eat a PB&J or you're going to eat toast, might as well be on a really great piece of bread. And then there are, um, I have not done this one, but as I was sitting here thinking about food to bring to people, I was like, I would love this if someone did this for me. Go grab several um, bun mi from Kwok Bao Bakery. They're three. Uh, you buy three, get one free. Especially if you're bringing food to someone who has multiple people in their household. Those sandwiches keep well. I know I would be ecstatic if someone brought a bag of bun mi to my front door. Yeah, so those do keep well, Claire? They do. And I know that from uh, experience where I have walked in there just to get one sandwich for myself and have walked out with four and <laughs> had the rest later. <laughs> I have one other thought for 
people who are suffering for an extended amount of time. We know a family well, and one of the family members is suffering from a brain tumor. So this is an extended process of chemo and radiation. And there's a really wonderful group text going around to support this family from getting a housekeeper to come by once a week to, you know, what do you need for Tuesday night for dinner? And after a little while, the family had said, we love all of this. Please no more sweets, right? Because when other people are, are bringing you stuff, and they, they were so lovely about it, but, you know, we can't all eat slices of cake every day, especially if we're also suffering. And so one thing I did for them is I got the impression that they wanted to cook, but were not able to go to the store and maybe weren't even really sure what to do. So I bought a stock pot and bought all the ingredients for my favorite soup, printed the soup recipe, and then printed a couple more soup recipes. It was wintertime. Printed a couple more soup recipes and stuck them in the back. And I just handed her the stock pot and said, you know, I know you want something comforting. Everything you need is in the pot. All you got to do is turn on the stove and follow some directions. And so I think there was that moment of I'm doing something, you know, I'm making my family a meal at a time that's hard, but I didn't have to do anything to get all those ingredients, not even the pot. Oh, I love that, Sarah. That's a wonderful idea. Because yeah, if cooking is something that people kind of miss doing, it gives them a sense of normalcy during times of crisis. And honestly, like thinking of a recipe and going and getting the ingredients is often the hardest part of that, at least for me. Even in good normal times. (laughs) Right. Yes. So just having that there, it's like, hey, you can do this. We believe in you. And here's all the tools that you need. That's a really wonderful idea. I'm not as organized. So I do a lot of DoorDash for people because it's so easy now. You know, if you have someone's address, you can just plug it in and send them, you know, even ingredients because DoorDash now goes to grocery stores. One of my go-to care packages, I'll go either to Costco or Central Market and get big casseroles, like at least two casseroles. Also get a container of like muffins or croissants, sort of like a grab and go breakfast situation and then all the cut up fruit that are kind of easy for people to eat, especially if if there are a lot of people in the house. One other thing that people did for me when I had two babies and then when we had a pandemic is they thought about how to help the children instead of helping me. I can't count the number of smart family members who sent like a simple Amazon or someplace else package of an activity for the older daughter in my house when we had a baby during a pandemic. So not food, but you know, how could you help a family? What's the hardest part when you're locked inside your house? Maybe entertaining your kids. So think about who's in the house and who's restless, maybe even not the sick person. And what do those people want or need? And also non-food items like toilet paper or those household essentials that people might be running out of. I also door dash a lot of Pedialyte to people when they're sick. Like that's one of my go-tos because I love Pedialyte. (laughs) It always makes me feel better. So I will bring people. I'm like the Pedialyte person. They're like, okay, we're sick. Aaron's going to bring Pedialyte. You know, at the end of the day, it's the thought that counts. When you're in a position where you are, are going through it, it's just so nice to know that people are thinking about you. Like after I had my son, um, someone sent me from Amazon, didn't even like say who it was, just had a box of Milano cookies sent to our doorstep. And it was so great. It was so exciting to get it. Well, that's great, you guys. Thanks so much for these tips. And if any of our listeners have tips, please email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. And that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining, and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you, so share your food thoughts, favorite restaurants, or tasty recipes with us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of the show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. 
And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. You also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Aaron Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.